back to the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. here on the Ticket Water Cooler on a Monday and talking some Husker football like you guys like to talk about. Of course, we got uh, some other stuff to talk about as well. Uh, men's Basketball Championship coming to an end tonight. The Women's Basketball Championship came to an end last night. And, of course, everybody's talking about the game and how competitive it was and Oh, wait, no, they're just talking about Caitlin Clark and Angel, Angel Reese uh, doing a John Cena, you can't see me moves. I have no problems with it. Yeah, I don't either. Nobody was in, nobody's in the wrong. No. That's fine. You can be upset about it. I don't know why it's you like, would be. This is the the people that hate bat flips. That yeah. Are, that hate this. Yeah. 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 People are having fun and you hate fun. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's disrespectful. That's like good sportsmanship. Well, it's, it's fine. Everybody does it. Well, she beat her. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're both, they've both been big talkers all year. And yeah, they're and both no, very cocky. And yeah. and and one last for the uh, for the people that say that uh, Caitlin Clark never did it in anybody's face, she did it directly. It wasn't to Iowa's bench. I don't I don't care what anybody says. Watch it. Haley Van Lith was walking right by her, and she does it, and kind of looks like stares at her, and then looks at her bench. Mm. That was that was directly to Haley Van Lith. She also said during that game, "Shut up, you're down by 15 points." That's right. <laughs> she did. <laughs> like directly to her face. Yeah. That's part of the Caitlin Clark thing. That's, that's kind of what makes her partially, you know, it, it's not, you know, she's a great player, scores a bunch. I get yeah. all that. But part of the entertainment factor is, uh, you know, kind her of her showmanship. Her showmanship. Yeah. 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 She does that. She did it at Nebraska. She hit a bucket. She turned around to the crowd, put her hands up. You know, they called a timeout and she started to walk. She put her hand to her ear. Like, she was like, come on. Like, I can't hear you. Like, you know, right. she was doing all that oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, that's, it's part of the, it's part of the game. It's trash talk. It happens. And if you trash talk a lot and you go up against another trash talker and you lose, you're going to get a lot more trash talk because that's just how it is. Nobody knows what was said on the court between the two. I'm sure there was trash talk going on the entire game. Um, and, and injuries came out on top. So that's, that's what happens. Yeah. I'm not even mad about it. But, uh, Twitter had to argue about it forever. So I I don't, yeah. And they're going to continue to argue about it, whatever. Yeah. There's other things during that or before that game that people are arguing about. It's ridiculous. Did you watch a majority of the game? I missed the first quarter because it was such a beautiful day that we were out cleaning our cars, and I was oh, like, yeah. "Oh snap, the game started!" Because who starts a get? Who starts a national championship at three o'clock? That was kind of strange as well. Like, yeah. what are you doing? It's better than the eight eight twenty tip. It is. Time tonight, it is better but... than eight twenty, but it should have been later. But I missed the first quarter, but I caught the rest of it. Yeah. Um, was it poorly officiating? Because I watched. You know, I saw some highlights where I could argue here and there, but I didn't watch enough of it to say to to honestly, be, you know, because I know there was a big complaint from the Iowa fan base. Help. There was. Help. There were a lot of calls that probably shouldn't have been called it again both ways um maybe the physicality of lsu was a little more allowed um than iowa's there was one point where uh an lsu player got called for like a hooking or like an offensive foul when she like turned to like spin around um sonano and then the very next play sonano did the same thing and no foul was called um so there was that um Kim Mulkey was on the court most of the game. That one I thought was a ran problem, into the yeah. ref and didn't get anything, which I was very confused about. They probably she probably should have gotten teed up a couple of times. Um, there was okay the one that people are upset about the tee on Caitlin Clark. So they didn't tee her up for throwing the ball behind her. They teed her up because earlier in the game they had been called for a delay of game warning for scoring the bucket and like the ball going away from the referee. 
when she did that, there was no ref there. So they called the T right. for a delay of game. It just happened to be her. If somebody else would have done it on Iowa, they would have got teed up as well. Because they already warned them. Yeah, because they had already warned them. So yeah. the T wasn't for the emotion and throwing the ball. The T was for the ball not going to a referee in a timely manner. So that's what it was. If, there, if the camera person wasn't there, the court's raised. It would have gone off the court. Yeah. So, <laughs> again, delay a game. That's why. Yeah, and it did. I mean, it turns some people off. Some people are texting in. You're, you know, you're just missing the point that some people don't want um, showmanship in in sports. They don't want trash talk in sports. Okay, well, you're boring. They stay still. I'm sorry yeah, about it. Poor sportsmanship. Okay. If so, hmm. Mm, I mean, we can ask some of the guys from the '90s how much trash they talked. Yeah. Were we okay with that? Yeah, we were. Well, that, when it's your team doing yeah. the trash talking or when it's a team that you want to win doing the trash talking, you have no problem with it. But when it's somebody doing it against you, all of a sudden it's a problem. I'm, I, I'll admit, sometimes it, it frustrates me. Like Caitlin Clark going against Nebraska and she was talking trash. I was like, how dare she? How dare she? But at the same time, I'm sitting there and I go, if Jazz Shelley hit that same shot and was doing the same thing, I'd be like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Keep it going. So it, I, I understand why some people are upset about it, but it's not cla- classless. It's not trashy. It's just a part of the game. And that's just what ha- – these, these high-level athletes are, are competing at the highest level, and sometimes their emotions get the best of them. Yeah. This is what happens. And honestly, that's who those two are. That's Kaylin Clark, again, all season, is, is, a, is a showman, a showwoman. She'll make a shot, and she'll turn to the crowd, put her arms up. You know, are you not entertained style? Angel Reese has been the same way this entire season. She talks. It's what she does. That's the kind of play that she puts up. And for anybody that wants to say she's not that kind of player, I'm sorry. She averaged 23 and 15 this year. Averaged 23 points and 15 rebounds this season. Yeah, Kaylin Clark won player of the year. Very deserving. But Angel Reese is a beast in her own right. Mm -hmm. And she's only a sophomore. So she got two more years at LSU. Yeah, and people and people forget she was at Maryland for two years. She was she's from Baltimore, Maryland. She played at Maryland for two years, so she played against Caitlin Clark already in the Big Ten. So they're already familiar with each other. Yeah, it's just interesting because I'm in the text lines uh, partially blowing up. I, I, I'm just it, 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 it's 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 crazy to how you know some people it's just nothing to other people they're very frustrated by it or, or you know or you know have their certain opinions one way or the other. Um, but like you said, especially for me, it's not. It's not Draymond Green picking on somebody. You know, these are two people that this is what they do to begin with. Mm-hmm. Some people find motivation in that. I think it was – I can't remember exactly who it was. It might have been Michael Jordan, but, you know, you know, like like high level, like best of the best athletes said, like, yeah, that guy doesn't believe in me, um, so i got to prove it to him. And you're just going, you're Michael Jordan. Everybody believes in you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it's the same thing probably at the at Caitlin Clark at the at this level. But, you know, you got to find ways to, to motivate yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if that's part of it, you risk the line. You risk getting technical fouls or, or stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's you know, it's just part of the game. It's a different approach to it. And I just I, I don't have any problem with it. But again, people are people I mean, have different. Opinions. Nobody had a problem with Caitlin Clark. And this is you know, you can say whatever you want about it. Nobody had. a, And I'm not talking about her doing the You can't see me thing. That's we're past that. Whatever. I still don't I think it was fine, both teams, both players. Um, and nobody had a problem, and I don't have a problem with Caitlin Clark waving off the South Carolina point guard, just not like not going out to guard her is one thing, but waving her off and just like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. Like yeah. that's that's showmanship. Yeah. That's taunting. That's disrespect. Everybody thought it was cool. 
I thought it was cool. I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, dude, if she's going to do that to you, shoot the ball. Like, you've got bigs inside that can rebound anything. Just shoot the ball. Um, But, again, that's something we didn't have a problem with. But then, you know, Angel Reese, and she didn't follow her around the court. They were inbounding the ball, I believe, and she was just down there working on, you know, trying to get open to get the the inbound. And she did the You Can't See Me to I Was Bench, turned around, did it to Caitlin one more time, and then – it was it was either the end of the game or or a timeout was called or something and that's when she started pointing to her ring finger. Yeah, Joe Burrow did that in the championship game for LSU. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, well, one way or another, maybe LSU can be a villain of the sport. Maybe I mean Caitlin Clark. Uh, maybe she can be, but it, it, I think it will help uh, the viewing uh, moving forward. And and certainly, like you said, if Angel Reese returns and Caitlin Clark uh, returns, then uh, you know you've got some. You've got some uh, building blocks to build around if you're women's basketball. Uh, let's jump into uh, the college basketball game tonight. Uh, first meeting since 2011 for San Diego State and UConn. In that game, Kemba Walker and Jeremy Lamb combined for 60 of UConn's 74 points for a 74-67 victory over Kawhi Leonard and the Aztecs. Kawhi only had 12 points in that game. Now, that was when UConn went on their run. They won a national title there. There, You know me. Um, I'm not just, uh, well, I'll just pick this team or that team. Mm-hmm. I like history. I like, I, like, <laughs> I like keeping up with this stuff. UConn, I will be cheering for them because this game could be somewhat historic for them in a way that they would break a tie with Kansas and have five national titles mm-hmm. all since 1999, which is interesting. Um, they would also have uh, be a, a school since, since 1999. I always say this about LSU. I don't think you need a great coach to win the national championship at LSU because I've already seen three coaches do it. And, you know, Ed Orger and Les Miles are fine. Nick Saban's the greatest, but, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if they're the greatest coaches out there. Um UConn might be stepping into that territory where if you <laughs> if you win again tonight, you've won all again five since nineteen ninety nine. It would be with Jim Calhoun, Kevin Ollie, and Dan Hurley. I don't even know if Kevin Ollie. Whatever is, happened to is Kevin? Is he Ollie? even employed anywhere now? What did Kevin Ollie get fired? He did get fired. They did not do well after that first run. <laughs> um, so it's it's very it's it, it's interesting in that in that uh, just looking at from historical standpoint. Um, and so if you're looking at, like, all the titles, to break a tie with Kansas is pretty big. The only schools uh, ahead of UConn, if they win five tonight, uh, would it would tie them, first of all, with Duke and Indiana, two other, okay. you know, blue bloods. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina has six. Kentucky has eight. And UCLA, ha- UCLA has 11. Maybe surprising to some, only 15 teams have multiple national championships in college basketball. So next year when you do your bracket – if you want to be on the, it's on actually the, not on that the surprising. better part, yeah, it's not all that. Surprising. It's actually not that. Surprising. UCLA took like a yeah, UCLA took it. all of them. So there's there's that. You yeah. know, what uh, UNLV, Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, those yeah. those four right there take at least at least ten years. Yeah. So it's it's kind of surprising that it's only fifteen, but I would be more interested in seeing all of the teams with one. And yeah. just seeing how different they are, <laughs> they all are. Um, well, one of the 15s is San Francisco, so the yeah, Dons. See, there that you might go. surprise you. There you go. That that actually does surprise <laughs> me. So it's it's not necessarily all blue bloods either. But you do kind of get to the question, and somebody asked on the text line, Big Bird asks, "Is you kind of blue blood?" Because we usually when we talk about blue bloods, you have mm-hmm. to talk about tradition and how it's been long. That's kind of what that. I was. That's what I was going to ask. But I mean, if you are surpassing Kansas. And tying yourself with Duke and Indiana in 23 years. I mean, you might not be a blue blood, 24. but you certainly are something. I feel like that would get you into blue blood territory, but that's one of those where, and we've talked about this before. Do how do you gain blue blood status? Right. UConn. It's not like they were bad before and they weren't winning national titles. They were great. They just weren't 
getting to the top of the mountain. You know, the the when they were in the the, the Big, Big East, East before yeah, before it was yeah. this version of the Big East, the Big East before because they're still in the Big East. They were you know they they were running that conference for a while, or they were near the top of that conference for a while. They just didn't win national titles year in and year out, and or at all until you know 1999. So yeah. I don't know. I that's just the question of can you add new blue buds or how do you gain blue blood status? Right. I would say that you know four titles, five titles in um, 24 years. I think that would do it. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's weird, but I do think that they would be should be considered a blue blood, and maybe they should be one way or the other. I mean, what's the difference between four and five? I mean, it's a big difference. But yeah, it's one game tonight, so we'll see. But I mean, I think that's kind of out there. The other thing that's interesting about the game to me is that neither coach, so Hurley. Um, is in his fifth season with UConn, and he hadn't won an NCAA tournament game before this year. Uh, Brian Dutcher is in his sixth season as the head man at San Diego State, also had never won an NCAA tournament game before this year. They've been NCAA tournaments, both of them, um, but have not won an NCAA tournament game. And then all of a sudden this year, they're meeting up for the championship. So I think that's kind of cool, too. Because you really never awesome. know what's going to happen going into a season or going into a tournament, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I did notice they put up one of the coaches um and it was like you know however many wins in the ncaa tournament and i was like wait a minute that's that's as many wins as it takes to get to the national championship <laughs> hold <laughs> yeah, on <laughs> yeah, that's that's as many uh that's the only i was like oh congratulations have. all of your tournament wins have come this year yeah did, did i talk did history talk uh, get you into the yukon side or you're still pulling for the aztecs i still want san diego state to win just because like, just because of a rope that's it yeah just yeah, the south omaha tie. the south omaha connection although and i will throw this out there he probably won't agree but i did say this before the tournament if any biggest big east team makes a run i said it was going to be yukon mm. i wasn't feeling you know when when creighton was making the run i was like oh i guess i was wrong and there's two of them but i thought yukon yeah. nick thought marquette Look who's laughing now, and even you, though I didn't choose UConn to win. UConn's <laughs> destroyed everybody. It, it's it's a weird, very weird. Um, if they get another blowout tonight, we're going to have to talk about one of the all-time most dominating runs through the tournament um, in just a, a weird in a weird sense where UConn was, I don't want to say invisible. I mean, they were top 10 going into this tournament. It was kind of the UConn is back. Mm-hmm. But usually when a team is back, you're kind of like, okay, then in a couple of years they can compete again. Yeah. UConn's just back and they're going to win a title. Yeah, and it's not like they were going against a bunch of nobodies either. Like, Oh, you know. Iona was a pretty good – even though they're they're you know mid-major, they were a pretty good team beat by double digits. St. Mary's, one of the one of the best teams in the Big West, whatever conference they're in. I don't know which one. West Coast Conference, yeah, I think it is. Long with uh, double digits. Arkansas, one of the more athletic teams this year. Yeah. And, and I believe they got up to number one at some point this season. Double digits. Gonzaga, we all know how good Gonzaga is. Double digits. You get to the Final Four, okay, it's a good team. They also made it this far. Double digits against Miami. Yeah. The most dominant tournament run I don't know about ever because I've never seen every tournament, but... It's one of the one of the most dominant turnarounds I can remember. It's weird because it's going to feel right up there. I mean, it's going to be right up there, but I just I don't know if that's the feel from, of course, the Final Four and this run, but we'll kind of see how it looks. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll get into some Nebraska football talk from the scrimmage over the weekend with Nick Sainter as he jumps in for the crossover coming up next. <laughs> 